exciting time of celebrating. Thank you so much, Russ. He's a bit of a Nazi too about things being straight and so forth. Call it what you will, but just makes my world ordered. Um, Father, we thank you that it is Pentecost Sunday. We're here to celebrate oh, the incoming Holy Spirit, the birth of the church 2,000 years ago. I am, man, that music this morning, I don't know what happened. It transcended all the natural limits. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We had Richard Wright, you know, the keyboardist out of Pink Floyd or something in there. I don't know what was happening and uh but no he's dead that's right sorry richard sorry man and um but guys you did exceedingly well and then we had another uh instrument uh, a gold uh clarinet is it oh sorry oh soprano saxophone truly oh my goodness i do not know my instruments okay but it sounded wonderful sounded so great Father, we come before you now in word and spirit. This is what church is about, fellowshipping um, with the Holy Spirit. You cannot be the church without the Spirit. It's not going to work. Um, it's, it's just, if you don't subscribe to the Holy Spirit, uh, it is very hard to navigate this wondrous life called your life. And so for me, I, I, I just have this natural propensity being a mystic or an introvert to fellowship with the Holy Spirit a lot. Uh, Julie says things like, you talking to me? And no, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. And um, especially when I'm getting up in the morning, I need to kickstart. I say, Holy Spirit, give me strength. Holy Spirit, get me out of this warm bed. Holy Spirit, uh, I need you now. And I converse with the Holy Spirit so e easily. And it's just like second nature. And uh, so Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're here. Your personal presence is here. Uh, and, and we together agree that you are here. And as we do, a spirit of unity breaks out. And we, we have this one-mindedness, one heart. That's what the early disciples were known for. They were in one heart, one mind. And they'd have these prayer meetings. And the place would be shaken, the Bible says in the book of Acts. And, and they did wondrous things. The known world was turned upside down because they... They leaned, they depended on the Holy Spirit, not just doctrine, not just a behavior system, but they believed that the Holy Spirit was accompanying them, the advocate, the paraclete, the one that would come around and represent Jesus to them personally in their proximity of life. And the Holy Spirit was so tangible, so manifested, so palpable was the Holy Spirit that it was outrageous. And this is what the early Pentecostals were known for, introducing the Holy Spirit into services like this. And people would just go, yes, come Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me, fill me with your power, anoint me, bless me, revive me, recover me, refurbish my heart, restore me, create in me a, new, a clean heart, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And we pray that in Jesus' name. God bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap. Woo! The youth are joining us. We have the cans away, and we're going to pray the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, if you ever want to pray a good prayer, pray something like this. You can take a seat. And we're praying for the cans right now, Phil and Fleur. Uh, their household is uh, under threat. Shane, how are you, good buddy? And um, they need healing. Uh, Jesse needs healing, man. I've never known it so bad with a cough. Who's got the virus, the type A virus? Who's had that? And it's getting around and really bad. I've got one in the corner there. I see that hand. And, um, and so Jesse, really bad with a bad cough. Uh, and, and poor kid, she was crying and strung out. She's pregnant. And, um, and, and so we, we're going to pray healing to her. And uh, who else we got? Uh, Katrina and Rog are now moving to their wedding day. And they... But just to let you know, they are decide, we're just giving them complete freedom to decide where they're going to land as a, a new, newly married couple, and they could end up back here. They very much could. Did you hear that, Roger and Katrina? You could, you could end up back here, and, uh, and, and so, and, but we just, we're just going to do the wise thing, and uh, they're going to just decide what the Holy Spirit would say, and, but... They, their affections are totally here, and uh, anyway, we won't digress too much further than say that, that we're going to give them four months off to allow them to uh, become one. Who knows that that's hard, the couples, the two became one, and, uh, and wow, what a, what a power pack, what a dynamic duo that they will be, and, and they're so pastoral, they both love people, and yes, Lord, you know our needs. Amen. So, uh, can we, do we have something or anything as a, maybe, do we have a spare cake from yesterday that, I know there was a lot of cake at that kids party, man, I've never seen, I didn't, I didn't even have one cake in my day in the 60s, I don't know what it was, but anyway, uh, it was tough times, turn out the light, close the door, we're battlers, you know, it was a bit like that in the, who knows those days. And uh, anyway, but uh, can, we, can we share some appreciation to the Holy Spirit as, uh, as we may uh, introduce a little bit of fanfare by inviting someone who may have a cake in the house. You can turn your Bibles to uh, John chapter 16. We'll give you some scriptures and we'll give you a fair... Uh, understanding of why we depend on the Holy Spirit, why we need the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pauline, the Pauline scriptures talk about the Holy Spirit constantly, and uh, without the Holy Spirit, we can't pray. If you're wondering why you can't read your Bible, you probably don't. Oh, okay, so let's not worry about the cake. Um, if you're wondering, if you're wondering, oh, it is here. Oh, sorry, no, that's okay, just come on in, this is, just momentarily we're going to say, that's fine, that's complete, oh, absolutely, isn't that cute, happy birthday church worldwide and local churches, and uh, get ready, take a breath guys, one, 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 what's the significance of the numbers? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ah, I know now, seven. Seven, the completion number. The number of perfection, seven. So Holy Spirit, we say, happy 
birthday church, the bride, that when the Holy Spirit came those 2,000 years ago, and thank you for the 120 that hung around in that prayer meeting. There was 400, but some had said, oh, I've got to go, I've got a bull to look after, and, or I just got married, or I have to do this, I have to go to work, I've got a cleaning business to run, you know, whatever. And, and, um, and, and there was only 120 left. People like Tom Wilman were just there and, and others. I reckon Mark Elliott would have been in the 120. Frank and Pauline would have been in the 120. You know, people like this. Thank you for the people that make this church up by the 120 committed who have prayed and hung out and tenaciously hung on to the promises of God. So in, on that note, we say thank you, Father God, for introducing the promise of the Holy Spirit to the church. And we declare that it, it was uh, an amazing day when that did happen. And we say happy Pentecost, folks. Amen. Awesome. Well, there is some cake for, for uh, the cafe, I'm sure. Let me give you some um, uh, teaching. Let, let me give you some personal uh, testimony of what the Holy Spirit means to me because truly it is because of the Holy Spirit this, this, this church is here. And um, man, I was really taken up this morning in that worship, weren't you? Was that, was that fantastic? Uh, you know, because in that moment, guys, it's not entertainment, it's fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I hope you're not just looking at, you know, what they're wearing and the sounds that they're making and making, making carnal remarks like, does that sound like Pink Floyd? Uh, like some people. It was anointed, yeah. Because it's in that time that we fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And, and if, I, if I was to say to you, one thing, you need to befriend the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's the Spirit-filled church, by the way. The, so we've got four movements on the planet. Greek Orthodox, love those guys. The Catholic Church, got many friends in the Catholic Church. And, um, and the Evangelicals, just the Word, the Word, the Word, you know, just the Word of God. Uh, that's where I was christened in the Church of England and, and the Evangelical churches all around us. And, but then there's us crazy guys, and we, are, we, we live with this stigma of the outrageousness of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and we allow the Holy Spirit to move us and flex us and um, re recreate us to be these people of the Spirit. And uh, then there's some people who are very cerebral about their God, and they love just the doctrinal you know, stance that they have in God. And those people are probably not as prone to allowing the Holy Spirit to, to disturb them or rock their world. But Pentecostals, we do have this propensity to be given over to the Spirit. You see people after the meeting. Hasn't Julie been preaching wonderfully these last few weeks? And, and people are given over that to that. Man, I'm into that. Man, I didn't bring my cozies, but I'm getting down there in that spa I'm getting down in, in, on the altar where the anointing is. And people come and they receive the Holy Spirit. It's the infilling. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit, meaning every day be filled. Um, and so, thank you, my love. 
So that's what we need to do. So we need to understand the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is perhaps the most misunderstood part of the Trinity. Um, you know of him, but do I ask you, you know of him, but do you really know him? So for me, the Holy Spirit is like no other. I realized as a small child, I was fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking I was going mad when that was happening. I was saying, gee, I can't grow up like this, living like this, talking to myself, conversing with this mythical, mystical uh, inspiration in my life. And I really thought, no, I've got to lose this. And, uh, but I didn't realize it was the Holy Spirit already speaking to me at a young age. And I, I know for very good reason how that began certain Certain uh, events in my life in a very young age, like going through a Category 5 hurricane in 1958 through the Suez Canal coming from England as a 10-pound um, quid uh, migrant, uh, we inadvertently had taken off into uh, a hurricane that already totaled, uh, you know, that was already brewing but having its way, destroying land and and, um, and so we sailed right into it, so 20-foot waves. And apparently as a three-month-old baby, I was getting thrown to and fro in this cabin. You know, the wheels or the, even the cot was not stable and bang, bang, bang. You can imagine three-month-old baby and getting banged around like that on the high seas. And so I, re I even believe uh, through some ministry prayer I had at that time, that the Holy Spirit was there for me, consoling me, comforting me. Uh, the Holy Spirit was there just, just you know, consoling me. Who believes that that can happen for a child, amen? Even in these disturbing houses, dysfunctional houses where yelling and stuff is happening, I believe the Holy Spirit can cocoon the children into a place of, of God's love, amen? Who, can, who, do, who believes in this stuff? Come on, this is what the Holy Spirit does, so... Um, I was introduced to the Holy Spirit at a very young age, and, and thank God it was not um, beaten out of me, or, or, or it was not um, uh, somehow, somehow pushed out of my life. So for years, uh, for me, the Holy Spirit, the discovery of God, the Holy Spirit incoming, indwelling, and manifesting Himself inside me and you awakened me to God like nothing else. And so when I got saved and, and began to be filled of the Spirit um, and was filled with the Spirit as a guarantee of my uh, salvation, as an inheritance, it says, that's how we have an inheritance. We have the Holy Spirit. So you can understand that for three years, the disciples had been with Jesus, walking with Him uh, and hearing everything He had to say, yet Jesus uh, told his closest friends that he needed to leave them so that the Holy Spirit would come. You can turn your Bibles to John 14, and I'll go through some scriptures, that they would be better off because of it. John 16 verse, uh, yeah, we'll get to that, 16 verse 7. Um, I turn that one open for myself. Thank you, Lord. And uh, John 16 verse 7 says, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. This is the words of Jesus. Unless I go away, the advocate will, that's an important word, I'll tease that out in a moment, will not come to you. But if I go, the advocate will not come to you. 
but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, uh, no, let's skip that, 13 and 14, let's go there. This is John 16, 13 to 14. Um, love this stuff. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive, that he will make known to you. So he's, he's representing, the Holy Spirit is representing Jesus and as he converses with you, he's representing the heart of God. Does that make sense? So you do well to incline yourself to the Holy Spirit. He's representing Jesus. He's representing the Father. And, 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 and as we begin to converse and have conversation with the Holy Spirit, <coughs> which I, should, I believe you should have a lot of conversation with the Holy Spirit. Who's the surfies in the house? I just see a couple of you around about... Do you sit out on your board like I used to in the 70s and you're bobbing out, you're waiting for the perfect wave and, and what else are you going to do? You're looking at all creation. Bible says in Romans chapter 1, he shows his glory through all creation. Well, there's some heads up. There's some heads up. He's showing his glory, his presence, his greatness, his goodness, his signs and wonders. If he's showing that through all creation, well, that's a perfect opportunity to say, Holy Spirit, thank you. What do you want to, you know, what... Andrew said, come up here, come up. You come up out of the carnality of your thinking and you begin to ascend to the mind of Christ and you begin to converse with God. And you can do this for business, buying a car. I'm proud of my daughter. She just bought a new car, but she did it without me. She tried to take me uh, with her on one occasion and, you know, I was offering her some advice and stuff like that, but... She wasn't quite, you know, absolutely signed off on it, but then she went out by herself and completely was consoled because my daughter does not move without having, you know, uh, the confirmation of the Spirit. Well, she went out on her own, found the car that she wanted and did the business end, Darcy, did the business end by herself, young girl, did that. How? I said, how did you do that? I should have been there helping you. I'm your father. She said, Dad, the Holy Spirit was there for me, with me helping me and I'm confident what I bought I didn't buy the car with all the bells and whistles I bought the base model and I bought this and, I, and I'm happy I'm so happy I did it I'm a big girl now awesome that's what the Holy Spirit is for helping you in daily life so uh, advocate what does it mean it means um various trans translations render the Greek word parakletos as Advocate, comforter, counselor, and helper. John 14, verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Who wants a helper? Who wants a mystical helper? Who wants a mystical helper called the Holy Spirit around you? You know, you know you, you, you're living life, you're driving, you're doing your life, you're, you know, you're, you're just there. Well, I was sitting on the, on the dock of the bay. Uh, no, it was, it was Avoca Beach. Sorry, I just got caught up with that song. Sitting on dark of the bay, waiting for, and, and so, no, it was Avoca Beach, I was sitting with Andrew's father, and uh, we watched uh, our, my, our grandchild, Charlie, turned 11, and uh, Andrew, being the good dad, said, well, what a better gift I could give him, take him to Avoca, 
I'll paddle out with him, with my brother, with Chris, uh, with the other nephews. They paddled out to the little waves out at Avoca. The, the, the ocean was glistening, the sun was shining. We were sitting on the bench like two old men with our cappuccino. <laughs> with our cappuccino, the sun was shining. And, and we just talked. We just talked and talked for two hours. But the, the, the weather was just completely, absolutely fine. And because the Holy Spirit was there, guess what happened? He, he, John, your father, wanted to talk about every house he had ever lived in and bought and built. And, but finally, like, like the woman at the well, Jesus with the woman at the well, he turns the conversation. And I say, well, actually, I prayed for that lad, one of your neighbors. And, uh, and I prayed for him, 18 years of age, had cancer. And we prayed for him, and, and he, unfortunately, he died um, under, you know, while we were praying for him. So if you need prayer at the end of the service, uh, just, just come out freely. We will pray for you. Um, no, but, but, but he, literally, he literally died in, in our arms. And, and, but we were so shattered as young Christians. This is 90, 91, 90, 92. We were so shattered. We walked out of the hospital. What happened? We, we were expecting a miracle, a, 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 an intervention of God. He had cancer. He had a terminal cancer situation. There was three of us, Julie and I, and, 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 and an evangelist who we begged to come from a church service that we were attending at Erina. Would you come and pray for our friend? 18 years of age. He's, you know, he's in the torment of death and cancer. And he said, oh, Man, I'm up for that. Let's do that. And we invited him there. He followed us there in his station wagon. We got there. We went into the ward at North Wyom Hospital. There he was in the agony of death. And we prayed for him. And the priest come in and he said, oh, it looks like you're in good hands. You're, you're fine. He walked out. And uh, Julie and I were, were praying for intervention, a healing touch, a power of God to invade his life. We're praying for a miracle. And all of a sudden he sat up. And then he fell down. The mum knew straight away. I didn't know what was happening. The evangelist said, has he done that before? But the mum knew straight away. She said, he saw Jesus. He's gone to be with Jesus. She went running out of the, the ward. She left. And while Julie and I and the evangelist were going, is he dead? And, and he had died. And so we walked out to the car park and we, we stood there and, you know, we said, wow, what happened? And, and, and so then I realized, well, hang on, he was in the torment of death, writhing, you know, in a terrible situation. But our prayers of intervention released him from the grip of death, released him from that torment of death, released him. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. His mum was so, so relieved. She was consoling us, and she was only a new Christian. She's saying, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. We go, okay. We were so shattered. But that was one of our learning curves for ministry. And so God, the Holy Spirit, was there and did intervene, and thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I was talking to your father on Avoca Beach. I was telling him this story, and he's just going, what? This is the neighbor I'm living next to. I said, that's right. Small world, isn't it, Joel? 
Okay. So, the Holy Spirit allows you to introduce Jesus into conversations. That's the point. The advocate, profound it is. The counselor, the defender, who pleads a case on behalf of another. Who wants someone to plead your case on behalf of another? Oh, I love that. It also signifies a helper who stands beside a person to give encouragement in trial or in battle, gives aid. John identifies Christ as the advocate in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He pleads our case before the Father on the basis of the atoning sacrifice of the cross. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a master counselor, advocate. The best free legal you could ever get, by the way. The Holy Spirit. Because he'll, he'll say, Jesus, you've done this great work on the cross. Come on, what can we do for this poor person? So the Holy, the Jesus promised that we would have an advocate. Same kind, same as Jesus, but in a mystical sense, a great, a great friend, a personality. It was true of the disciples who spent every day with Jesus. How much more do we need the Holy Spirit actively involved in our lives. Sadly, sadly, the Spirit is frequently misunderstood, leaving many clueless about how He expresses Himself in daily life. And unfortunately, the Holy Spirit is portrayed as something weird, and um, I'm, I'm really grieved about that. But the Bible makes it clear that the Spirit is not something, He is someone. And if you get into the, um, the theology of the Holy Spirit, he has personality, amen? You can grieve him. You can ignore him. He can, you can hurt his feelings. He has personality. We need a personal discovery of the most ignored and misunderstood person in the church, the Holy Spirit. Dr. Miles Munro says, the most important person on the earth, the Holy Spirit, is the most important person person on the earth. Did you get that? Wow. I know the queen is duly honored for her great service, but it's the Holy Spirit is the most important person. We need to start a radical journey again, folks, because I believe the church has just got so clever, so wonderful, so cultured in its politeness and diplomacy and excellence and all this stuff that the Holy Spirit is left out. We're worried about the Holy Spirit disturbing things. Julie had an auntie that she came from a home of six kids and her auntie lived in inner city and the house was just perfect. And uh, as a kid, she would go to visit there as a little girl and her auntie used to have plastic over the lounge and, and the kids, when they came in, Okay, kids, that's it. Out the back, out you go. They weren't allowed inside. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and so they were brought food outside because they could make a mess inside. And so it's the Holy Spirit that sometimes messes things up. And sometimes people can't handle that. Sometimes people can't handle the Holy Spirit rearranging the furniture like Julie constantly does. And I get annoyed because I'm a stickler for things. Once that painting's there, I want to see it there for 10 years, 20, 
you know, Julie moves around. What happened to the painting? What happened? No, you can't do that to me. What happened to this? What happened to that piece of furniture? No, you can't do that. You don't understand that, that really. But Julie, inspired by the Holy Spirit, she says, that's the excuse she gives me. When we struggle with defeat and discouragement, the Holy Spirit is the key to victory and peace. It brings order to chaos in your life. Receive God's power to heal and deliver. By the way, we have many great stories of healing and breakthrough, laying hands on the sick and then seeing them recovered. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. It is to your advantage, Jesus says, that I go away, John 16, verse 7. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, but if I depart, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit is amazing. I don't know why you would not want to live with, without the Holy Spirit. He gives unspeakable joy, full of glory. People get taken up literally by the glory and they break out in joy and they end up, one lady hadn't laughed since World War II, since her husband died. She got a touch of the Holy Spirit, she got baptized in the Holy Ghost in the 90s and all of a sudden, like a pop, it released, like a festering sore. The call released, and she gullied raked this laughter, gay hilarity, <laughs> rolling on the floor, laughing. She was receiving emotional healing, soul surgery, healing. When was the last time you had a belly laugh? Amen. Julie and I love it when, because sometimes I get a bit funny and I say things, and she loves it. She laughs, and it's so therapeutic. Amen. We've got to be careful not to be too serious. The Holy Spirit is amazing, releasing a spirit of joy through His presence. Amen. He teaches you what the Bible means. He reveals light. He reveals light. Light comes upon the words. And my God, you can read the Bible and understand it and interpret it. And you get revelation when the Holy Spirit is upon it. The rhema word, not just the logos, but the rhema, it comes alive. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus described the person of the Holy Spirit in chapter 16. And Paul talked about the Holy Spirit many times. The Pauline scriptures all depend on the Holy Spirit coming and fellowshipping with God's people and especially the church. John 3.3 says, let's read that. Woo! Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, unless you receive the Holy Spirit, because this is what regenerates your heart, is the Holy Spirit. It regenerates you, forgives you of your sin, and you become a new creature in Christ. The old is gone. That old version of carnality is gone. Now you're super upgraded to receive and understand all that God wants to do in your life. Can I get an amen? You're recreated. You're refurbished. Who wants to be refurbished? Amen. I love when my computer gets refurbished or, you know, no, it's the Holy Spirit that does that. It's the Holy Spirit. And he says, Jesus said, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see all the potential of your future in him and the purpose therein and your destiny therein. You can't see your generational blessings behind you and the generation blessings in front of you. All you see is a train wreck behind you in the carnal. But when you, like I did, look back on my family history and I went, my God, 
went walking through the stately 500-year-old church in Wales, and my auntie says, your great-great-great-auntie paid for that, um, on, you know, what is it, um, stained glass window in that church. And wow, it's really chuffed, really chuffed. There was a picture of the disciples and... It's the Holy Spirit that allows you to draw forth from your inheritance because you have a rich inheritance if you have the Holy Spirit. You have a down deposit of the Holy Spirit as an inheritance for your salvation. I had all this inheritance in Wales. I didn't even know about it. I had to go digging for it. I had to go have fellowship with these people to find out the stories. Do you know what I'm saying? Proverbs 1.23, turn at my rebuke, surely I will pour out my spirit on you. That's what's been happening here at church on Sundays because we've been desperately trying to reintroduce the Holy Spirit to engender this comfort, nurture, care, and this healing that can break out and restoration that, we, you know, after we've been through all this terrible, tumultuous two years of COVID, now we're trying to reboot people, re Recover them from a despondency of life. Recover them. Give them an, a smile again. Give them a step, you know, a, a spring in their step. Giving them a future and a hope. We're, we're going to be doing vision builders this month. And we're talking about we need to go forward. Moses is backed up against the Red Sea. And, and the enemy's, you know, coming in on them. And, he's, and the people are complaining. What are, you know, what are we going to do now? We shouldn't have left Egypt. And, and, and God, and Moses cries out to God and says, well, what am I to do? And he says, go forth, go forth. Red seas open when you go forth. The circumstance of life opens, the door opens, the door that no man can shut opens and we go forth into our future and hope in Him. But you've got to go forth. And so He lifts up the staff, the miraculous power of God, opens up the seas and prays God. One more point about the Holy Spirit, which I am very, very passionate about. And it is about the Holy Spirit. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my Lord. I'll read Romans 8, 9 before I move on. But you are not in the flesh. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells within you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... He is not his. He is not his. I know him. I know he's in me. I know he's around me. He's my teacher, my guide. I've known it for decades. Who can say amen? He opened my eyes to see Jesus, who Christ is. And since that day, I was born again. And in fact, in 79... When I gave my life to the Lord down at Illawong, uh, on the George's River, when I said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, 
come to live in my heart, guess what happened? A white light filled my room. I was living with the boys. I was living with guys that worked for Qantas. And um, they were fairly cerebral guys, clever guys, had a big worldview, a sec- very secular worldview. But when I asked Jesus to come in my heart, the Holy Spirit filled that room. And I went out of that room to the next bedroom and went to my mate and I said, I just gave my life to Jesus. And he says, what are you talking about? And I said, truly, I saw a white light and Jesus come into my heart. He said, you're crazy. Get out of my room. He literally, he just fobbed me off. He didn't do it sternly like that, but he said, get out of here. You're smoking too much weed or something. But that was my introduction of the Holy Spirit again after being a child. The white light. Now, when we were traveling, I was in Bible college in 1990, and that lad who we prayed for in North Wyong Hospital, there's another part of that story at St. Vincent's Hospital. When we first found out, because he lived two houses down, and we were asking, where is young Johnny? Where is it? We haven't seen him for weeks. And finally, the neighbor said, the parents are absolutely beside themselves. They thought he had appendicitis. They opened him up. He didn't have that. He had a tumor. He's been in a hospital for three weeks now. They've been trying everything. They tried crystals. They tried this therapy, that therapy. And I said, we would love to pray. Do you think they would invite do you think that we could go down? Well, there's no visitors, but I will ask. They said, yes, you can come. We went down. I did a night shift at Mount Penang uh, Boys Home all night. I'm praying, I'm praying, because I realized that morning I'm going to drive down with Julie down to St. Vincent's Hospital and pray for this young lad, 18 years of age. I'm going to pray for him, and I need, I need all, the, you know, all the faith we can muster up. We, we are traveling down the road, I think about 7 o'clock in the morning uh, on the M1, and, and I said, Jules, let's pray, let's pray as we're going down, and we we're praying in the car, and truly a white light came around the car as we're driving. That same white light that I was saved by, that I experienced. In 88, my sister had come to live with us at Wyong. She was uh, strung out on certain substances and she had a child already. I said, come live with us. You know, we, we'll care for you. And we were having a connect group. We were sitting in the lounge room, all sitting down in a circle. We were holding hands in 88, having a prayer meeting. My sister said, look, I'll join you. I said, wow, that's, 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 that's a big stretch. I didn't think she would, but she plonked herself down between a couple of people, between me and another person. She grabbed my hand. She grabbed the hand of the person next door. We began to pray, and we pray in like not religious prayers, but Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come into this meeting. Come, come, and, and bless us, fill us, anoint us, revive us. And all of a sudden, I felt my sister's hand be released from my hand and I said oh she's got she's getting up because she was a clean freak one of her one of her therapeutic things uh, to deal with her wretched life at the time was cleaning 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 I said she's just gotten up to clean uh, maybe and so I I, she she left my hand and but then another few seconds later I said wonder where she went I didn't feel her walk away and then I realized she'd fallen over backwards 
with an arm, with a leg still crossed backwards. And she was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We went, you all right? We thought she'd fainted because she's not a Christian. She's not, not even used to this stuff. I said, well, are, you, are you all right? She said, oh, look, I, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm so embarrassed. But I couldn't hang on for the life of me. You were praying. All I remember is this echo of you praying and praying. And, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't hang on for the life of me. And I basically was slain in the Spirit. I wouldn't even call it being yielded to the Spirit. She was slain in the Holy Ghost. And she, she went, wow, what was that? I saw a white light swirling around me. And for the life of me, I could not hang on. Amen. I said, well, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. I said, wow, that's, that's wild. And, 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 and so she did get saved. And she got water baptized at Tuwim Bay. And, and, and that's another story of the Holy Spirit. But the last point I want to make about is the church. The key to being the church is the anointing. Excitement was in the air as the believers enjoyed great grace from one another and those outside the church. The believers all put the needs of others above their own and held their own possessions loosely in the interest of the church. We're coming up to Vision Builders, guys, and its mission to advance truth, proving their faith sincere and their submission to the Holy Spirit complete. Let's read Acts 4.32. All the believers were in one heart, one mind. This is great church when this is happening, guys. See, people don't get it, but they come to a church, but they want to spectate sport. And that's not church to come and sit in a pew and spectate this wondrous thing that we do in worship and preaching and stuff. It's all about you becoming the church. And when you become the church, the living stones built together, offering spiritual sacrifices to God, that's when you become the church. You're amalgamated. You become the body of Christ and the, the juice of heaven, the Holy Spirit, the magic source flows through you and you become this entity called C3 Church or whatever church you belong to. Church is not sitting on a pew spectating or it's not a seminar. It's not a social club. It's a place where you lock and load your heart towards God and each other. Can I hear an Amen. C3 Tugra are desperately trying to build on a godly foundation of what church could be. 1 Corinthians 3.10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. That's what I've been doing all these years. And someone else is building on it. Now, who else is building on it? Is that you, Holy Spirit? I'm laying a foundation. I'm doctrinally preaching. I'm trying to make sense in preaching and laying a foundation in your heart, in this church, to build the altar in your heart and in this church. But someone else is building. Who would that be? Hello? Wakey, wakey. It's the Holy Spirit building upon the Word of God that we are speaking into your life. Is that good news, Helen? By the grace of God given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. There is an anointing which the community is built 
and I believe it to be true. The key to being the church is the anointing. Last point I'll make. And anointing is grace and grace is power. Can someone say amen? When God poured out the Holy Spirit, he poured out many anointings. In fact, the coming of the Holy Spirit, he came with every grace and gifts that are in Christ. And they are, they are all available all available. There was an anointing for tongues and healing and prophecy and walking with God and guidance and all. But the central anointing, the core anointing, the central anointing, the core anointing, do you want to know what it is? Around which all these other things are attached is the anointing by which all the believers became a people of God, which is why they came became one heart, one mind. When we realize that, we see the bigger picture of Pentecost. Pentecost always had at its primary purpose the forming of a holy community. That's why people love this church. The promise of the renewed presence. Oh, my God. Ezekiel 37, 27 27, Ezekiel 37, 27, my dwelling place will be with them and I will be their God and they will be my peoples. And Malachi says in Malachi 3, 1, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The Holy Spirit, I can just go on. Paul says without the Holy Spirit, you can't pray. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't read your Bible. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't become the church. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't live a holy life. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't be transformed. Without the Holy Spirit, you don't want to pray. Who wants to pray without the Holy Spirit? That's dull, boring, and it's not the place I want to be. But with the Holy Spirit, you, man, scriptures are coming forth. You know, inspiration is flowing. A river starts to flow in that prayer meeting. And you are praying, man, your hands are going, oh, you did, God did say, you did say in the last days you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Oh, dear God. Prayer meetings are exciting. They're not boring. Oh, at a prayer meeting. Oh, I guess so. Got to pray, I guess. No, it's a divine Oh, divine infusion of creativity and inspiration of the Holy Ghost, causing you to jam in the Holy Ghost like you, like you were the greatest musician on the planet. Like you could pick up that clarinet, still a saxophone. All right, it's a saxophone. I'll change, I'll, I'll, I'll change my description. But you could pick that up and go, my God, what happened to you got into her? The Holy Ghost, man. And all of a sudden, you, you, we can hear your voice as we're worshiping the collective corporate worship. And we can hear your voice. You're starting to, oh, you know, like the, 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 the well of your salvation bubbling out, splashing out. Man, what got into them? Well, man, I've never heard them pray like that, sing like that. That's the Holy Ghost coming out of you. Amen? This is a wondrous thing. This is, man. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to be the church. I'll finish up by saying, Holy Spirit, we need you to be the church. And, and there's, there's still people here that, that they want to do this for God. They want to do that, but they don't want to become the church. I don't want to become the church. Dear God, I don't want to love those people and fellowship with them and partner with them on every issue of, of the, the blood and the, the gospel and the, 
and, and, and you, know, or, you know, I don't want to do koinonia. I, I just want to do, just, just, just be an attendee. Can I just be an attendee? No, you are the church. You are the body of Christ. My knee, you know, I need my knee. Today, I need both my knees. You know, if my knee says, look, I'm not keen to coming out today, can I, can I just hang out at home and, you know, can I, you know, I'll be there in, in, in spirit. I'll be there for you. But, you know, could, no, my body moves together. And it does wondrous things because of that. We do wondrous things through vision builders because we have one mind, one heart, and we fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I could give you all the doctrinal stuff of how we fellowship, commune with each other in the most extravagant, in the most extravagant lifestyle of partnering with God and with each other. Father, thanks, Jilly. Oh, dear Father, 50 days, oh, Shavuot, by the way, was an Old Testament festival, and on that day, they were all gathered, and they're celebrating when the Torah was given, when Moses came down with the, the tablets, and three million people heard God that day. Three million people. So this is after the Exodus, Moses releasing God's people. And, and 50 days after being released from Passover, thunder and lightning, everything frightening. The Ten Commandments, God visibly, tangibly, manifestedly came in power and three million people heard God, felt God, experienced God and they developed a festival, the festival of weeks, 50 days after the Torah was given, they were again in Jerusalem celebrating this festivity but this time there was 120 in the upper room and they were praying for the promised Holy Spirit that in fact they were doing what Jesus had asked them to do wait wait to receive power from on high to be my church to be my people can you wait wait and they did Jesus ascended. I've been there in, in, in Israel. We stood at the place where he ascended. And when he went, 10 days after that event, after the ascension, a violent wind shook the place where they were meeting. And fire consumed the atmosphere and separated and landed on each individual tongues of cloven fire and they began to speak in other tongues other countries that were visiting 30 40 countries that were visiting Jerusalem at that time heard these people that sounded like they were drunk 
but they were not drunk because it was only 9 a.m. in the morning. This is the scandal of the Holy Spirit, being beside yourself with God and the world mocking you, criticizing you. But they spilled out of the upper room and Peter with great gusto and boldness began to preach. This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that that was prophesied all those years earlier, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and give a rebirth to the people of God. The nearness of God was appreciated in the first event in the Torah. God manifested Himself, bowed down to humanity through the Torah and showed Himself faithful. But now this time, in the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and introduced himself on the most personal level to our heart of hearts, to our minds, to our lives. And again, God was saying, I am doing everything I can to show you that I love you. My love, my care, my heart is for you to be my people, my people of the Spirit, my people of your presence, my people of great love and, and, and prosperity and destiny. I'm, I've done everything I can for you now through my son, through the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension. It's all been done for us, guys, to receive now. The one thing Jesus said, it's all done. I've done it now. All you have to do is wait and hang out for that Holy Spirit. And when you receive that Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit will become your best friend. Will lead you, guide you, inform you, teach you, calm you, empower you. Oh, the Holy Spirit is good for exams too, even at school. Brings to remembrance the things that you need to know. So Father, we thank you. Let's all stand. God bless you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you. Just, just say that amongst yourselves. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to do something different. If you want to come to the altar, just stand there in the presence of God. I invite you to come right out now. The altar.